to episode 20 of LOI Weekly. Uh, today it is Johnny Ward joined by Aidan Fitzmaurice of the Herald. Aidan, what's the story? Quiet at the moment, uh, waiting for the league to get back. Bit of a withdrawal from having getting used to having three World Cup games a day. You know, when you reduce down to two, it's kind of like <laughs> going, going cold turkey, you know, going on to, to methadone or something <laughs> like that. So, uh, and I assume we'll be down to one match a day. I don't know what we'll do then. Yeah, and Dan is, um, I think, using plenty of data to actually send us a bit of audio as well. So let's just uh, check in with Dan. He's definitely going to one of the games today. I think he's in Kazan, or he was in Kazan. Um, he had a few beers with such uh, luminaries as uh, Kevin Kilban, I think, last night, and a few other characters, maybe Terry Butcher. Um, so if he sounds a bit groggy, you know why. Hello, lads. It's uh, Dan here, dialing in from the Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow. The last time I was here, Richard Dunn was... Um, putting on a sort of a one-man show to take a point in 2011 but I'm here for Denmark-France today um, getting on fine over here in Russia small bit tired today just missed a phone call from uh, Senegal so I don't know is that a scam that's going around home or uh, someone from Senegal wanting to speak to me but um, it's, yeah it's a, it's a classic sort of World Cup atmosphere so far been to a couple of games uh, enjoying the country enjoying some of the train journeys um, join me and some interesting people around the place um, off to Kazan later tonight the last time I was there um, it was Shamrock Rovers playing in the Europa League um, and uh, I think it was a Cano man might have scored but uh, Ruben Kazan came through in the end I think Aidan might have been there for that trip as well um, but yeah uh, enjoying the World Cup so far no still early days in terms of the trip and have a few train journeys and, and some and some stuff to do uh, over the next two and a bit weeks. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm missing you, Johnny. You know I'm missing you. Um, in terms of my predictions this week, I've got some ground to make up. Um, I'm going for Shamrock Rovers to beat Derry at home. Uh, I think Limerick and Bray for a draw. Um, and then I sort of fancy Waterford to win in Sligo. I think maybe Pat's a bit refreshed after a break. I might get them back to form, but so maybe a, a draw in Daily Mount. And then an Oriel. And here we go. There is an announcement. There's a bit of World Cup atmosphere for you. Oh, here we go. Not the best announcement. Oh, here we go again. So there we go. Uh, and finally, at Oriel, I sort of fancy Dundalk to beat Cork. Probably no surprise to our Cork listeners who would probably enjoy um, negative predictions. Um, I just, I don't know, I think Dundalk have a good habit. I think they went away to Spain for a few days. Um, they, they, a couple of years back, they bounced out of the break pretty well. I know they were in form. I know maybe might halt their momentum a small bit. Uh, but then again, Cork were the same. I mean, Cork had a winning sequence too. So, I mean, they're, they're coming into it in similar similar ways in, ter- in terms of the break. Um, I just think it's a bit like the game in Oriel this season. I think the Dock really need to win this game. Uh, Draw is probably a decent result for Cork, but the Dock really, really need to win it. And I just have a feeling that you might get a performance from them. Uh, and the three points um, but hopefully check in with you for a bit longer next week lads I hope all all is going well at home and uh, everyone enjoy the games this weekend keep enjoying the World Cup and I'll chat to you soon yeah yeah are you disappointed you're not over there I'd like to have gone uh, obviously as a, having uh, 
having having learned Russian, I did my degree in Russian a long, long time ago. So uh, it, it was made for the World Cup, but it couldn't be this time. So uh, a few colleagues of mine went and a friend of mine went on a, a busman's. I'd love to have gone. Um, reports are, I mean, if you read particularly the, the Express and the Mail in England, you would have thought that anybody, any foreigner going to Russia was going to be strung up, was going to be abducted, tortured, strung up and robbed and uh, married off to... Uh, Somebody in the caucuses, uh, anybody who's gone has been, there's been very few. Um, Sounds good, cases. actually. Yeah, no, but there's yeah. very little. Tr- troubles are the normal troubles, people getting drunk, losing passports. I think Kevin Caban had an issue he with has, his passport, yeah. but anybody else, they've had a great time. And it just proves that Russia isn't, I suppose, what people have done is try and diverge the, the Russian regime of Putin, which is nasty, with the Russian people who are very good, welcoming, warm, warm people. Have you much experience of Russian people? Uh, a few trips. Oh, I lived there for a couple of months when I was studying. Lived there for for five months. Uh, so you get to know the the good and the bad. You get to somebody who do your head in and uh, somebody who is uh, extremely kind. So um, Russia is a big place. One hundred and forty four million people. There's I think more languages spoken in Russian every day than any other country in in the world because you've so many tribes. So. What, what people see, see, the Russia that most fans see in terms of Moscow, you know, they're hanging out in shopping malls and going to Western hotels and eating in Nando's and hanging out in American sports bars. There's a side of Russia, there's a hundred sides of Russia outside of that. And I think some of the fan, fans are having a great time. You can see it from the Peruvians. Uh, it's funny, we think about what Ireland would have done. It doesn't seem like that many Danes have travelled, but if you look at the cover, I don't know how, how, that, how many... How come that many Colombians and Peruvians could afford to, and Panamanians can afford to go? I can't get my head around that. Yeah, actually. and even Poland, like the game the other night, Colombia, it seems like Poles, even though Poland is only across the border. Uh, it seems like Colombians vastly outnumbered the, uh, the, the Poles, so uh, they're, they're having a good time. Um, Colombians having a good time, Peruvians having a good time. Uh, and um, I don't know if Russia's going to become a number one tourist destination. Still difficult to get to, you still need a visa, still a lot of problems in terms of getting there. It's not the most, not the easiest country to get to, but... Uh, uh, any reports have been been pretty good. I think people have been surprised how how enjoyable Russian has been. People who thought it was going to be a drudge, it was going to be you know cold porridge for breakfast and and uh, soldiers pointing guns at you. It hasn't been like that for people. Yeah, because um, Dan is in Kazan, I think, at the moment, and Kazan is in Tatarstan, isn't it? So mm. that I presume like that's a very different part of Russia compared to Moscow, for example. It would be. I was there with Shamrock Rovers a couple of years ago, and it's it's uh, even. Ethnically, you know, people to actually look 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 different. There's more sort of a uh, you're heading to, heading to, heading towards age, I suppose. Um, Kaliningrad is another type, you know, it's kind of enclave there up on the on the Baltic. Uh, Saransk, um, probably the the uh, the oddest um, location is Saransk, which is in Mordovia, which is where. You were punished for going there in the past. That's, that's where they sent all the political prisoners. Were sent. Is that Siberia direction? No, or no, no. It's no. down, down south. Um, so, so uh, it's near like kind of Afghanistan or that he- direction? Heading or? that direction, yeah. Yeah, heading that yeah. direction. But um, Siberia didn't get a... I think people were afraid that somewhere like Vladivostok would uh, would get a, get a venue. They didn't. That'd be class. Um, but uh, no, it, it's, you know, Kazan, uh, Kaliningrad, uh, Samara. Some, some Pats fans went to Samara a few years ago. That's Pats where the game was last night, wasn't it? Or that's their new ground. The new ground, well, same city. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, it's great having you on because of your. We had this chat beforehand. You've basically been to, if not all the venues of the European um, opponents that the Irish sides drew last uh, week, you've certainly been to the city involved. Which uh, so it's great having you on for the for the European shows. And we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podcast Republic at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And basically, it's myself and Ado going to go through. The big games at the weekend, which of course will be highlighted by Cork City versus Dundalk, um, and we'll also have a chat about uh, the European games, which I suppose very briefly, it, it wasn't the best draw overall, you'd say? 
very beyond that very tough I think um, realistically I think you can see Dundalk going, going through I think the other three will all struggle I certainly think Derry will struggle against Dinamo Minsk Shamrock Rovers very very tough one against Ike in, in Sweden um, you know they're very good form at the moment second in the in the Swedish league uh, they'll have Seb Larsson back once the once the World Cup's over um, and Cork against Legia Um I know Irish clubs have done okay against Legia in the last couple of years. St. Pat's got a draw, Derry got a draw, uh, Dundalk got a draw against Legia, but Legia don't really slip up against the likes of Cork City. So I'd love to see all four going through. I think it's going to be Dundalk are going to be the only ones in the next round. Of course, Cork have the, the option. they got to buy into the third round of the Europa League. So at least Cork know they will be in Europe in August, even if they lose to Legia. Uh, they won't have to go through the, the second round of the Europa. But um, uh, very, very tough draws. And realistically, probably only one team going through. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in the second part of the show. I tend to agree with you. Um, I suppose we just start. How are things with yourself anyway? How's, uh, how have you enjoyed the season so far? Uh, it's, it's good Obviously season. Obviously a Bose fan, so... I, the disappointing thing is that it's, it's a two-horse race. You really thought that, you know, we know the last couple of years it's been whoever wins between Dundalk and Cork is going to win the league. You hoped this year that could Shamrock Rovers put up a challenge, could Derry keep up what they did last year good Waterford and Waterford have done well and to be where Waterford are is a huge achievement but in terms of the gap between the top two and the rest is 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 scary and it's getting bigger and it could be bigger by the end of the uh, by the end of the season and Waterford signed a couple of players Noel Hunt is very good signing Waterford could do well but um, to have just two teams so far out in in front and that's why Europe is important because the money that those clubs can can make in Europe. If if Cork, Cork are guaranteed four games in Europe, Dundalk would expect to go through. So they will both have that UEFA revenue to add to the money they already have, and it's just going to leave everybody else in. So I would have hoped that somebody could have, the St Pat's could have got it together, that Sligo could have done a bit better. But um, it's just a, a two horse race. What did you make of the Galway United Saudi consortium taking over, and especially from the point of view of your affiliation, maybe towards a club that is totally run in a different way? Um, I, I actually read the one of the Bose guys saying there wouldn't be a prayer if this ever happened at Bose. What did you make of it? It's it's a tough one because that that's this what the league table underlines. If you ever want to get to where they are, you're going to need this. So like member-owned clubs, the likes of Bose, Galway, Sligo Rovers, they're going to need a massive cash injection to try and get their team up to the level of Cork and Dundalk. Uh, if the Saudis are putting half a million in, I don't know how the likes of Bohemians could expect to find five hundred grand from somewhere. They've lost their ground, which is their main, their main. Well, they're, they're hope they'll get to play on it, but if they've lost the ownership of their ground. Uh, they're not going to sell a player for half a million. Those ta- those days are gone. Um, so it it's it's a difficult one, and and Galway. I think Galway are taking a gamble. It's probably all or nothing. I think it could be a huge success or it could be a disaster. The the weakness of member owned clubs is that you're limited by finances you have a certain amount of people who will put uh, money in a, a certain amount of money in a month and they will keep the club going through through hard times but you're limited financially the bonus of the member-owned club is they're there in good times and bad times they don't care if you're bottom of the first division or challenging for the league most bohemians fans most like rovers fans the hardcore will support the team all the way through they they they'd love to see a successful team, but that's not the reason they support the team. It's, it's their club. You start following that. You're brought down to, to your first game when you're three, four, five, and you bring your grandkids and you're you're buried with the the club fly, flag on on the coffin. So it is. It's it's a. I, I'd be wary of the Galway one because if if it doesn't fear is if it doesn't work and if it's a, it's a huge disaster and the Saudis walk away, who's left to pick up the pieces? Because the members the member structure has been sidelined. Do you go back try and reestablish that membership structure? So what, what does a club like Bohemians do? Do they say, look, we, we are looking at fi- five to ten years before we can challenge for honours 
are we happy with that as a club? And you might say, well, we are. We, we, we want to have a club, those that are doing an awful lot of work in the community at the moment, far more prevalent than they were 10, 20, 20 years ago. So do you say, well, that's our focus and we'll build a club and it'd be great if we can have a cup run, if we can somehow get into Europe in the next five years, that'd be great. But we can't risk everything, handing over control of the club to some uh, consortium coming in from abroad because they're here for success. And my worry with this is it's it's built on anybody coming in, they're looking at the European money. They're looking at Cork this year making minimum 800 grand. They're looking at Dundalk would expect to make close to half half a million from, from Europe. So everybody's looking at that. I think they're looking at it like the Premier League. They think, well, if you're if you're in the Premier League, you know, it's a cash cow, you can make money. The likes of Watford and Crystal Palace and those clubs, Bournemouth, they're not aiming to be in Europe. They can make enough revenue from from being in the Premier League. It's not the same here in Ireland. You won't make anything. You don't we don't have you don't have we don't have T V rights, you don't have gates, we don't have big uh, transfer fees. You only make money in Ireland from being in Europe and only four clubs can get into Europe. Actually, we we can kind of move into Europe now because I think um I think Dodge on Twitter, the Pats fan, brought this up since we went to summer football. Our record against Swedish clubs, I think, is five three, um, against Swedish clubs, which, um, yeah, I can think of uh, Hacken being beaten by Cork recently enough, um, plenty of others. Pats beat a Swedish team as they well. Did, yeah, and the big um, one was Cork. Cork, I think, in 06. but that that was a big breakthrough. The big, uh, I think, it was Jure Gardens. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of the team, but that was a big breakthrough. So that was always the the leap that Irish clubs had to make. We got to a stage where we were beating the teams from Macedonia and Malta and those countries around us, but to go and beat a Scandinavian team, I just think that for Rovers this year, what they're going up against in in Ike, uh, you know, they're a very very serious outfit. They would look at at, at doing very well in Europe this year. So oh, well, okay. Let's start so with, because we're on the Scandinavian teams. If mm. we if we want to start with Rovers against Ike, right? So Rovers are going in there with um without Graham Burke, obviously, and it would have been great if they could have held on to him like Cork did Maguire last year for even one one round or whatever. But let's be realistic here. Ro- Rovers didn't do badly in Europe last year. At least they got two around and were relatively competitive against the Czech sides, and we were pretty good. Yeah, I was at um, all four of the games last year, and you could see the Mlada Boleslav were a pretty, pretty handy side. They were just mm. slightly better better than Rovers over the over the two legs. It was probably a fair fair result, but I just think like this year, you know, I was looking a bit better than I mean they their experience in Europe, the last they've been the last five times they've been in Europe, they've at least got past the first round. So they're used to tricky ties like this. They're used to playing a team from what they would consider a league below them, the likes of Ireland or Malta or Lafayette. So they they get past those. So they always get through at least one round. Um they're in good form at the moment. They haven't been beaten in the Swedish league this year, they're second. Um I think as well often these times that you, you play clubs who have small I was at a lot of Sympaths games in Europe over the years and game in Latvia where there's maybe four or five hundred people there. I have a good support. They'll probably have they get average about probably fifteen, eighteen thousand. So they're gonna have a have a that's for league games, I presume be similar for, for Europe. So it's not like you're going to, you know, somewhere in the middle of nowhere and, and four hundred people there on a Thursday afternoon. You're going into the, 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 cauldron. Friends, the friends arena. Well, I don't know if it's a cauldron, but you've got fifteen thousand Swedes shouting at you. This is a ground you have visited. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. I've been to so the we're gonna yes, go through this for the four. Yes, yes, yeah. uh, being there with Ireland. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty tasty stadium, all right. What do you make of their chances? I can see them struggle. I think maybe the fact that they're home home first, um, I think they have a have a chance. But a bit of rebuilding of the team. I mean, Alamanis, will he come straight in in terms of goal? I mean, goalkeeper has been suspect for overs all, all year. They're, they're trying the kid to plan is doing now. well, isn't he? Uh, Bazuna, Bazuna, yeah, he's, yeah, he's but looked, he's, he's looks really promising. Like, not saying he should be playing. I think here to throw no. him in Europe. I mean, Alamanis is is. I think he'll he'll come in as number one once he's eligible from from next month. So Alamanis coming in, 
um, Rovers do the squad does need a bit of work I think one or two will go one or two will come in they have a, f- a space in the squad with, with um, tell with me what you know or what are you hearing in regards to transfers and Tala I haven't coming in it looks, I think Gary, Gary Shaw is probably going to go I think few, he hasn't really featured and I think link with uh, Pats and Bray Pats and Cork I think Cork might look at Gary Shaw as well he might fit in down there as well uh, and alter- again with games building up over the summer sort of an alternative to, to Cummins the way the Cork play that'd be interesting actually yeah uh, you know, Shaw could could move on, but I think you know Carroll probably be the number one striker. But they need somebody else to come in in that in that role. Stephen Bradley has very good contacts uh, across Europe and in England, so he probably will. You know, there was questions raised about when Dar- Dan Carr came in. His CV wasn't brilliant when he came in. A lot of clubs, a lot of poor clubs. Uh, he has turned around. He has done very well. So I think somebody will come in. I don't know who's coming in. Gary Shaw probably will leave. Manus will come in. I just think Rovers for that the fact that they're playing like if they were playing similar to the the Icelandic team they got last year, Stjarnan, Rovers were able to beat them. They got got their foothold in Europe, beat them and tried against Mladen Boleslav but I just think Ike the thoughts of a good Swedish team with a couple of internationals as I said Seb Larsson depends how long they've signed Seb Larsson on a pre-contract uh, whether he'll feature or not depend, I suppose depends on how, how far Sweden go in the World Cup uh, I just think it's too too big an ask for overs I suppose to pay devil's advocate here um, a defensive uh, kind of confidence is often built on the fella behind you and I think the Rovers defenders have sometimes this season looked like they've been a bit jittery because maybe they didn't they weren't sure what the keeper was going to do but if you bring in Manus and Joey O'Brien is playing who's generally played well um, I think they've kept two clean sheets in their last two games obviously they've lost Burke um, but they have players who have experience of playing in Europe they have a lot of talent in the team Um Maybe if, if if they can kind of keep it alive for the second leg. I just think at the back this year, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, Grace, Lopez, um, but Boyle, Boyle hasn't played in Europe before. Grace hasn't played in Europe before. So for those two coming in, if that's two you're back for playing in Europe the first time, and you can see often... You know, Ro- Rovers, there are mistakes against Milano Boleslav last year. It was those little lapses of concentration, the stuff you learn at Europe that, that, that you know, when you've been in Europe two or three, four seasons, the experience that the likes of Dundalk and Cork have now, that those defenders have to to, to, to watch your man, the, the, the tricks that, that opponents play in Europe. Um, I just think that the experience they lack. Manus coming in is a big, big difference. I mean, I think Rovers fans will be very relieved to see Manus come back in. It'll just give them that stability and that bit of authority at the back. He can command the back four, but just with, with Grace and, and Boyle there, the first time in Europe, I think it's a big, a big leap. How would Graham Burke get on in Preston? It depends where they want to play. I mean, supposedly, according to Stephen Bradley, I think sometimes clubs buy a player because he's available and they want to. They don't know how he'll fit in. Supposedly, when they come over to talk to him, it was Peter Risdale who did the did the talking and he explained exactly for me in details. This is where we see you playing. I think that's often where our struggles, our players have struggled before. That a player is available. There's a bit of a bit more going on and they buy him because we don't somebody else to get him. And then you think, God, how are we where are we going to play this guy? But they have looked at at Bork, so he's not going to be an out now striker. Is he going to play behind? Again, there will be a bit of movement at at uh, at Preston over the years. A couple of the summer, a couple of players are going to leave. Daryl Horgan might move on. So is he going to go, go play behind? Is he going to play? I know Sean Maguire didn't play as an out-and-out striker for a lot for, for Preston. Preston last year played wide an awful lot, uh, how they fit in. Uh, I think I think Burke will do well. I think his age, the fact that I think players always, w- when you go back to England for the second time, I think it's easier to do it because you've, you've had the experience of living away from home. You've had the, the knock. You, you, your hunger is there because you've, you know this is probably your last chance. If you, you, you don't get a, the third chance, so if it doesn't work out for, for Burke, he's not going to go home and go back again. I think he'll do well. I think he's got a, he's the right age, 24, and being an international, I think in terms of confidence, I think that'll be a huge boost to his confidence. I think the players over the years who never got a chance at international level, I saw Alan O'Neill did an interview a while ago where he was talking about all his times. I think he was in the, s- in the squad seven or eight times under, under Jack uh, and maybe O'Hand as well. He was on the bench maybe four times, never played. To have played for Burke 
to start at an international, I think that'll give him a hue. And he proved that he, he can do it. There's no, no issues there over, uh, have I got the ability? Am I good enough? He knows he's good enough. Did you read Marie Crow's interview with Stephen Bradley on Sunday? In yeah, Sunday very interesting. And I thought it was now, yeah. yeah. Um, just he, I thought he... You know, I thought he came out fairly well in it in some respects that, you know, he spoke of, like, it's very easy to criticise people at times, but, like, this is a guy who probably had the world at his feet. I mean, it's hard to kind of comprehend how many clubs wanted him as a kid. And then he goes over and he's the victim of this horrific attack where he spoke about, like, the knife being a millimetre from his brain, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you're looking at this and you're like, well, we're in the media criticising a young manager and obviously we're, we're well entitled to criticising, but... It was a very interesting story he had to tell. I think he, he's experi- and his experiences in England, not, not all of them, or in Britain, not all of them, he's in Scotland as well, not all of them good. Football-wise, they weren't all great. Uh, he's A lot of what Rovers are doing is coming from Bradley and the thing about money that he, he said, he, he admits himself that money ruined him when he was at Arsenal, that he went out and bought, uh, I think he said he bought a, bought a sports car when he was 17, bought a house, and he said, and he, Liam Brady told him not to when he signed his first pro contract. Liam Brady was head of academy. He said, spend your money, you know, use your money wisely, don't go out and spend. And he went out the next day and bought a sports car and buying watches. And so that's why he, he's very particular about about Rovers and sort of Roy Keane's attitude that you don't get a contract, you earn a contract that if you're doing well, when Roy Keane was playing, Roy Keane hated seeing players getting contracts just because or because the, their agent demanded it. You got, If you had a really good season, you won the league, then you go into the board and you negotiate yourself th- a new I th- contract. I think talking to Conor Clifford, he was on about lads at Chelsea who hadn't played for Chelsea, hadn't played for them. Young lads coming through were on 17 grand a week. Yeah, and they're, and they're driving sports cars, you know, and and uh, a lot of the the it's it's a bit sort of jumpers for goalposts in terms of the, the the old days, but but when you you had to when you had to get a bus to training, things like that, toughen you up. So a, l- a lot of what's going on at Rovers is driven by that by 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 Bradley that it's not. I know there's a lot of criticism. You think that's from his experience? I think so, and yeah. but it's, it's not all about wages and that. What was wrong with with the league t- 10, 15 years ago was you just you sign the best players, you compete for whoever the the player is, you just offer more money than everybody else, so he moves for the money. And what, what Rovers are offering, what Rovers can point to Bourke as well. Look, we, where we took Rain, where we took Rain Bourke from, he was struggling in League One with Notts County. Nobody knew him. He came back here. There wasn't a queue, a big queue of players trying to sign Rain Bourke when he was come back from England. That we can do that. We can build build you that. But it's not about money. And I suppose it's it's a bit of the the tough love situation. And Bradley said that he's, he missed that money money ruined him because the money he was he was on stupid money in Arsenal and it ruined him. It took away his hunger. And he's trying to bring that into into Rovers. And in fairness with Burke as well, you know, they, they basically sacrificed their own ambitions for a game or two by letting them play for Ireland. And I thought, I actually admired them for that. I thought, you know, they, they looked at the greater good. The cynic would say, well, they wanted a transfer fee, but they let him play for Ireland in a friendly game and he scored. And they, he didn't play, was it in Sligo the night before or whatever? Or no, he played in Sligo. Played in yeah, Sligo yeah. and he missed the game against... He played in Sligo on the Saturday, went to Glasgow on the Sunday, played a testimonial. He missed the Dundalk game. The Dundalk yeah, game, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So... You know, I just, um, I think from his experience, and I, I, I'm of a firm belief that a manager deserves two years minimum because I think it's, it's generally, statistically, getting rid of managers doesn't really make any difference in the long run. Um, and in fairness, they've, they've come into the, the midterm break now with a, a decent set of results as well going in where they look, again, they look pretty good for top four. So Bradley looks like he's kind of, it's not a stay of execution. He looks like he's kind of 
ridden the storm a little bit anyway. I think it, w- it was tough, and particularly the, the I think it was it in Dog Game where they, I mean, the fans the had been paid the banner, and that was the first time, and there was there was booing, there was we want Bradley out, and there was a banner. The banner was pre prepared, that wasn't done up for five minutes to go. Uh, and he mentioned the article like that he, his kid was at the game, yeah, and that's what yeah. kind of And I think, but again, he's experienced enough, he knows, and again, I mean, Bradley's done a lot of work for Arsenal over the years, and very close to Wenger, he would know the what Wenger would have gone through obviously it's a completely different level Arsenal to, to, to Shamrock Rovers but the principle where you, you have to tr- as a manager you have to try and separate um, your your job from from your emotions and it is a job and I, I, I don't think he's under as much pressure now I think the disappointment is that they're so far off the pace they're on what, 33 so they're, they're um, 20, 23 points behind and behind Cork. It's, it's dismal, really. It like is, thirty-three yeah. points from twenty-three. I is think dismal. The, the, the aim at Rovers this year wasn't to win the league. Nobody was saying Rovers had to win the league. The aim was to get closer to to the top two. Failed, and they're not really that at the moment. No, mm. Europe is often interesting. Where it happened with St. Pat's a couple of times, where you go on a run in Europe and your games are being called off, and all of a sudden you've about, you put all your your focus on Europe, you ignore the league, and that that can hurt you as well sometimes. Sure, yeah. You get to September, October, and you've got three games to play. It happened a bit with Dundalk in 2016 when they had to play so many games. So in some ways, you know, going out of Europe early, I'm not saying Rovers want to do that. Again, it's 200 grand per, per round. Mm. But going out of Europe could could suit, could, could, uh, could, could suit Rovers because they can just move in, you know, to get to third. Uh, third place is, is achievable for Rovers. They should be aiming for, for third. And then next year, go and see, uh, build build the squad, build build more of a team and, and challenge the top two. But they're not, not challenging the top two at the moment. I know, I know the project is derided a bit, but I, I can't but see it working. Even right now, if you look at their keeper and you look at Brandon Cavan, at Trevor Clark, who's injured, um, even to a lesser extent, maybe Aaron Bulger, these players are coming through and they're making they're an impact. They're coming through, and, and yeah. they, are, they are doing a lot of the right they're things. They're young. So like out the, the, they opened grass pitches at the new um, Roadstone complex there, and uh, Bradley made an interesting point that they were always training on on Astro, the fact that they have grass pitches now and they can even tailor their training. And I presume, I'm guessing, this is something that Bradley might have got from Wenger. So they would know if they're away to Derry on a Friday, they would do their training on the the Astro. Uh, But if you're uh, away to Bowes or Pats, Astro's no use to you, so now they can they can train train on grass. And, and if you're in Galway United, you train on whoever gives you a pitch for that particular pitch. week. But it's it, it is. I mean, I said that the project and a lot of other clubs deride the use of the project with a capital P, and they say, well, they're doing the same thing. St. Pat's and Bowes are, are doing trying to do a lot of the same things to to build build their build their youth system, which the Irish League of Ireland clubs have never had before, to build up the support base to to get things to a level. Rovers are that that bit far advanced because they have Tala Stadium, they have offices, they've they've they're planning and building what Bradley described as a, a football building that will be their own they're, they're renting ro- roadstone at the moment but that'll be their give you a sense of a place because again come back to europe when you go to these clubs when you go to somewhere like leggy warsaw when you go to these clubs the scandinavian clubs fc copenhagen just everything about it impresses you this is a real football sure club, yeah and you don't get that with you know over the years when when shells and bowls would have been training in in dcu or malahide united or that over the years it's not theirs you know and you get that feeling when you go into fc copenhagen you know this is a serious football club Rovers, when they have their football building, will be... Again, I know people mightn't even like that phrase and the project, but um, it, it's not about winning the league this year for, for Rovers. It's it's about being being more competitive. And if particularly with players, if, I mean, they got 350 grand for Burke. I think that's an improvement on on money that's been got before. But to me, until... It's not enough, though. No, until we're getting seven, seven yeah. figures... Totally um, agree we're, with you. We're, we're, we're way off the mark. Um, you know, I think if... if uh, 
if um, if if, uh, if if Preston had been buying Rainbourg from from Aberdeen or Hearts or somebody in Scotland, I don't think they'd be bidding uh, two hundred grand. Uh, I think until we get to seven figures, um, we're 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 up. Cork got one hundred twenty-five for Sean Maguire. I know that was part of his contract. He was out. Of the, it was a contractual flaws. He was out of contract to the end of the year. But the days of of you know players going for 50, 50, 100 grand. Yeah, you have to fight for respect. I saw a player at Coventry. Um, Last season, when they were they were in League One and they were about to get relegated, sorry, two seasons ago they were about to get relegated. A young lad in midfield, they turned down one point five million for him off. Um, I can't forget the club, or whatever. Um, that that now and they were effectively a League Two side at the time, and he was young, but they turned down one point five million. And we're here, kind of happy to get three hundred fifty grand for it a player who scored in Ireland. The, the, the opinion in Eng- in England is still, and I know this from speaking to people like agents and people like that. The opinion is still that it's a pub league over here. When when St. Pat- I know it's ten years ago when, when Birmingham bought Keith Fahey from St. Pat's and Fahey was probably one of the top players in the league at the time, about to become an internationally done well for Pats in the Europa League. So clearly was a player. He was whatever advanced today. He mm-hmm. wasn't a kid of kid of seventeen. Birmingham's first offer was fifty thousand. Um, Aaron McAniff bringing us on to Derry City versus Dynamo Minsk. Um, the interesting about this is there's almost in- universal uh, approval of the notion that Derry are going to get well beaten here. I don't think. Derry should be thinking that way, but at the same time, I kind of expected myself. What do you reckon might happen with Mac and If? And they've made a couple of um, typically exotic signings as well over the last week or two. Yeah, Derry's recruitment has been, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, very patchy over the years. I mean, they yeah. signed six or seven preseason, some of them Maganovic and Hopkirk and some of those um, coffee. Barely, Derry fans barely even saw them, so I don't know. Derry obviously Chris had Turner as well. Some Chris re- Turner re- and and some of them being good, like the the um the Schubert was was good. The, you know Kenny Shields clearly does have a context. Lucas Schubert was was very good when they brought him in, brought in Vembelund. So Shields does have a good eye for players. Does doesn't always work. Um, I just think this one is just too tough again. Dino, I think Derry's form at the moment is so so erratic. The home form. They were very good initially when they went back to the Brandywell. That seems to have disappeared now. Getting tanked by Dundalk won't, won't help. I just think Dynamo Minsk, you know, Batty Borisov have been the big team in Belarus over the last couple of years. But again, they're they're very experienced. Uh, I think the last, I think it worked out the last 10 times they're in Europe, they at least get past the first round. How so far are they behind Batty, would you say, in terms of quality? Um, not too far behind, two yeah. or three years. I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, Dynamo, where, where my, my first trip in Europe as a journalist was when Bohemians played Dynamo Minsk in 96 uh, at the time Dynamo Minsk were a big feature in was Soviet was that the Bordeaux year was it? or uh, was that around the no, that, was that was 95 was it yeah uh, 95 was Bordeaux 96 yeah. was, was Dynamo Minsk both lost on away goals but we'll get the ball in a minute they were singing yeah. in Bordeaux Zidane and uh, what was it it's uh, like a L- litany of Jarkayev whatever that was 93 and 95 they played them but Dynamo Minsk would have always been the dominant team and after independence they won the league I think six years in a row and Bate came from nowhere. I mean, Batty were a provincial second-tier team, and they got money behind them and became the the the, the monolith that they are they are now. So Dynamo, I just Dynamo, they're they're used to that. They've been in the the Europa League group stages a couple of years. I saw them against Pats. Was it two or three seasons ago in Inchicore, and Pats were pretty midland. Um, but they actually they only went out by goal. I think they so uh, that would give me hope. But that's kind of spurious. But I, I think that Dynamo Minsk were only back pre-season. They're already warming up. They they, they did go on to the uh, the Europa League group stages that year. Um, they would have a lot of money. They're getting pretty serious operation. They would see themselves as being a Bate Borisov and being in in Europe either in the group stages of the, the Europa League or Champions League every year. So uh, you're writing Derry off here. 
I yeah, I just yeah. can't see it. But I just think you know, Derry against Mitchellian last year, um, they were a disgrace. Yeah, like. yeah they, but they should be better because they're a very good football inside. But the defensive stuff, they just can't seem to do it. It depends who they lose as well. If they lose McInef, and it looks like they will lose McInef, he probably going to go. Uh, probably Rotherham. I think uh, mm. the fact that Rotherham stayed up, I think League Championship is more more attractive than League One. You look at McElhenney's situation, going to went to League One, and now he's looking at League Two. So I think McInef, player who would have real ambitions of doing well in England again, real ambitions at international level. I think McInef would look and say Rotherham could be a good it's going to be a battle at Rotherham if he does go there but uh, I think if Derry lose McInef anytime I've seen Derry um, I think he's been uh, McInef when they beat Bowes and Dalymount McInef ran the game he absolutely bossed the game from midfield um, so you would worry about their back I just can't see with Derry I think Derry could lose both legs the problem with McInef as I see it is he, he doesn't seem to have any defensive game really that, that you can talk about I think he's a really good player but for him to maybe progress, he probably does need to become maybe a bit more rounded because he does the the pretty stuff and the shooting and like he's a really good player. I I don't see him putting in tackles or yeah, but or put, picking up. Put him in a team with somebody to do that for him. Put put him with, with so, somebody. So he has to be maybe one of the front players of a three or something like well, that. Possibly, or else yeah. put a defensive midfielder behind. I remember back in the day when when you know the the Derry midfield was was Paul Hegarty and Felix Healy. The Paul, Paul Hegarty used to say his ball was to, his job was to win the ball and give it to Felix. Mm. But can it. can you do that anymore? Like in a two man uh, midfield where you have a lad who can't defend or not can't defend but doesn't defend particularly well seemingly I, th- I think it, 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 because as well that again if, if McInef just goes the ch- championship is a slog you've game Saturday, Tuesday Saturday, Tuesday so there isn't an awful lot of time for, for, for coaching but I think McInef has I think it could bring him on to, to another level and similar to, to, to Fahey who, who was an international within a couple of months of, of going to the championship obviously Birmingham got promoted but I think McInef could do the same and I think McInef you know uh, prospects for Ireland aren't, aren't particularly great someone like McInef could be in the Ireland team in two years time so that's a, a bleak two defeats for the Irish clubs from both of us, I think, so far. Unfortunately. Now, this one will give us a little bit more hope. And it's bizarre that Dundalk have been given exactly the draw that Cork got last year, which is really, really, like, must be 200 to 1 sort of stuff. But Lavadia Talon, um, I was actually speaking to Stephen O'Donnell about this, and he, he makes this point. And this is something that we, we probably should bear in mind, and we kind of get carried away with how well we've sorted done in Europe. No Irish team has the right to be complacent against anyone in Europe. And I think he's absolutely right there. And especially not Lavadia Talon, who are not a bad side. like Particularly Stephen Kenny. I mean, he those, those words probably still bring him out in night sweats because that's what cost him his job at Bohemian. So again, where Bowes had got a draw away from home. Um, I thought they'd had a away goal, thought they had it done. This is when Bowes were, they were, uh, you know, had that, that great side that was 04, doing really well. That confidence came in. They thought all that to do was, was turn up and they were done in, in Daily Mount. And Stephen was, was sacked within a matter, matter of hours. So I think Stephen isn't complacent. Stephen is in terms of somebody doing their, opposi- their homework on the opposition. A lot of managers say they do it. I don't think they do. Stephen will. Steve will get every piece of information. It doesn't matter. He could be playing you know, a very weak team from Iceland. He will do his, his homework. Rory so Higgins does an awful lot of work. I he think, does, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, uh, Lavadia ha- haven't been that great. I said, Donny Mominsk, these clubs have, have would see themselves as being you know, have ambitions, you know, Lavadia haven't been great. They beat Cork last year. That was probably their best Europe result in Europe over the last couple of years. They're still strong enough. They've, I think, worked through, I think they've six Stonian in Estonian. They lost to Cork, um, rather, in the, the last year in the, the two games, didn't they? Uh, it was... It was 2-0 two, two over there and was it 4-2 at home? Yeah. But they, they would have... Um, but they did, in, in, I was at the game in Turner's Cross, and I think they were, they were 1-0 up and 2-1 up, I think, and Cork were getting a little bit jittery, yeah, and they do yeah. have decent players. It's not, if, it, I, I would definitely think, if you go in there thinking the job is half done here, you're, th- these are not that bad of a side. No, like, I, I think Kenny yeah. won't, uh, Stephen Kenny won't, won't let his players think that, and players can do that, you think, oh, it's Estonia, they're not that great. They, they do have, they have six internationals in, in the squad, Estonia obviously aren't great at the moment, but we know Sander Puri, 
uh, Estonia international. He wouldn't be a dominant player in the league, but still, if you're an international, you have to have mm. some element of, of talent about you to get in the, the international squad. So they won't breeze through. It won't be 3 0 and 3 0. I think Derry will get through. Uh, I just think. Dundalk, brother. Uh, sorry, the yeah. Dundalk. Yeah, I think uh, Lavadia just don't have that. A lot of us don't experience, I think, when you that's it about Ike, about you know, Leggy Wars so the club, the, you build up experience, the, the club in terms of how you do it, in terms of your logistics, uh, your travel, your preparations, everything else, and players both put together experience of Europe to uh, to, to get you through. The likes of, of Dinamo Minsk have done that, the likes of Leggy Wars have done that, uh, Lavadi haven't done that, the record in Europe isn't isn't brilliant, so I would give Dundalk a, sh- a fair shout here. Um, yeah, and I think rather than Tim Faison talk about the the following game against the um, the Cypriot crowd, which would be very interesting, I think, because they they were they knew their job. They were kind of a they were a very wily team last year. A lot of older players. They were a lot of money. We think we're very focused here on the European money, and and we think okay, Cork will make eight hundred grand, and that's how your your big cash cow for an Irish club is Europe. Mm. We think that nobody else has gotten onto that, and they have Larnaca. There's a lot of Spanish money gone into Larnaca. I think it was a Spanish manager. I think six Spanish players last year. So somebody's put money in there. They see everybody sees this slot that we're all after to get in the group stage of the Europa League. It was great that Shamrock Rovers did it. It was great that, that Dundalk did it. It's not just us looking to do that. Nobody else has given up on that. Someone like Larnica really do have, uh, have ambitions for that. So uh, that, that would be, that'd be a tricky one. But look, let, let them get past uh, Levadi Talon first of all. So we agree we're losing 2-1 at the moment. We've won one game and lost R- so. Dundalk her through. Now, if you have a, a geezer listening in and he's thinking of bringing his missus away for a, a short European break... Um, under the premise that, like, you know, they're going to just, like, I don't know, get on very well and go, go to the next stage of the relationship. And he suddenly realises, oh, there's actually a League of Ireland team playing in Europe here, which he obviously knows all along. Would you suggest Minsk? Um, where's Ike, actually? Uh, Stockholm. Stockholm, all right. Um, Tallinn or Warsaw? Well, I'm biased. Warsaw is probably my favourite city. So uh, Your favourite city? Favorite cities, I was uh, over there yeah. for two years ago. I really yeah. liked it. Wouldn't go as far as say it was my favourite city, but why is it your favourite city? Uh, well, I, I studied Polish as well as Russian, so I lived there for a couple of months and followed Legia when I went to see Legia every week when I was there. So Legia were... I haven't been in the war, Legia's new stadium. I was in their old ramshackle old stadium, which is a which bit... must nice have been classed, though, like... It was, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, uh, 93 I was there, so again, they were probably the dominant team at the time. They just signed Darius Chekhanovsky, who Celtic fans remember, he just come back to play for them his last hurrah, so I got to see him a few times, interviewed him when he was playing for Legia, but I, I, I just love Warsaw. Did you interview him in Polish? Uh, in, I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, but... Um, they, uh, I'm I just out of my depth there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm, showing, I'm just showing off. Now, I barely uh, have any uh, English. Not I think it'd be an interesting game because I mean, Legia fans have very nasty reputation. I think one of the stands is going to be closed as as punishment for incidents last year. And that's interesting because they used to budget 25 grand a game for UEFA fines. Yeah, but do you, do you know how Legia won the league? Where you, you weren't no. Involved? Okay, well, the, the, I was following it anyway, but also because. Yeah, uh, Jagiellonia, Bialystok, who Killian Sheridan played yeah. for, they were in a contention the last day. So Sheridan's club needed to win their game at the last day, and they needed Legia to lose away to Lech Poznan. Uh, so Legia were uh, so Le- Legia's final game of the season away to Lech Poznan. That's the the big rivalry in Poland. Legia winning two 0 Lech Poznan fans could not stomach the prospect of the title being won on their soil on their ground. So they started chucking uh, fireworks uh, onto the uh, flares onto the pitch. About twenty minutes to go, the game is abandoned. Can't, can't go on there's crowd disturbance at this stage so the game is because it was the Lech fans who'd caused it they wanted the game to be abandoned but didn't didn't think that the game would be given but the, the game was given as a 3-0 win to, uh, to Legia so that's how they that's how they won the league I was I was there for that game obviously and it was the first time really at a football game where I did feel just this air of 
menace kind of around the ground. And even though, like, I've been to, like, I suppose a few hostile places and watch football, but I did find that in Warsaw. Now, in fairness, it was a big game and it was their return to the Champions League after 10 years or something um, when they played Dundalk, but you did feel... I don't want to say Anthony out of place here. Kind no, of. They, they do. They have an element, and they, they're probably yeah. one of the in terms of having having trouble. Obviously, Polish football. Maybe everyone is just going to switch off for the for the summer now. Everyone's going to pretend that uh, uh, there's no football on because Poland are, are are out and Poland did so badly. But um, Leggy would have uh, probably have the in terms of, of violence and trouble probably have the worst reputation in Poland. I don't think Cork fans will have any bother really. I think once they just look after themselves and, and don't don't go looking for trouble, I don't think they'll they'll get it. It's more if uh, if Leggy were playing a, a Russian or a, an English team, they might be more inclined to go and look for, for bother. But I don't think Pats fans or, or Dundalk fans had much bother when they were there before. Maribor Kev, uh, Kev McDade who was on the show before, um I believe he's doing the double. He's going to Warsaw first and then on to Minsk, to Minsk and then back to I'm sure like Ryanair are doing like a deal for all the many people like myself who was thinking of doing it as well but will he watch either game um, with an aspiration of the Irish team going through for the second leg or will both be out at that stage I think I think Cork will struggle I think Legia um, as I said I mean they're just a really serious outfit. I mean, they're, they're you saw their left back was playing the other night against. Yeah, um, didn't didn't play particularly well. No. But they they as part of the problem that they they have a mixture of nationalities. I mean, you talk about how Polish football is struggling because of the national team, but when Legia played Stan in the Champions League last year, I think there's only four Polish players in the team. They have a mixture of of East Europeans. There's a Spaniard there, uh, Nyaki. Um, it it. It's it's not like you've eleven poles and they're all on on a real low after the after the World Cup. I just think they're they're really serious outfit. They they've very short because the season goes on in Poland. They only had about a three week break. They're they're back in preseason already. They'll played five friendlies before they play play Cork. So again, I think maybe twenty years ago the likes of Legia would have looked at Cork. They think Irish pub team part time. We'll play one friendly before we play them. The fact that they've agreed five friendlies before they they play Cork, they will send people. They will have every bit of information they need on on Cork. Uh, so I just think. They might get a result. I mean, well, what's going to happen in the first leg? Will Cork, will Sco- Cork try to go direct? Will they try to match up against him by passing it? Um, or in fairness to Caulfield, he does play the opposition a bit as well. He like. does. I think it'd be score draw on Cork. Uh, you think, think it'll be a score draw? Score draw on Cork. Wouldn't be the worst result. Wouldn't be the worst. I mean, you know, St. Pat's did well. St. Pat's got a 1-1 one, one draw out in, out in Warsaw. Dundalk got a draw against Leggy as well. So I think a, a score draw... Um, uh, I suppose you know, difficult game for for Cork against Dundalk to in in the meantime how how that goes if they've any injuries. But I think score draw on Cork, but I think Leggy then would 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 uh, would finish it off in Warsaw. Yeah, I think um, one issue Coffee will have here is that they've had a problem in the holding midfield position this year because McCormick hasn't had a great season really, and he's gone into the Dundalk game on Friday obviously with memories of what happened in the first game. Mm. I'm not sure he'll play, but when I saw them recently, they had. Um, uh, in the holding position, they had McNamee, and I can't see him doing that in big games because I think he's just a bit too too conserved for that. Now, Johnny Dunleavy's on the verge of coming back, and it's potential maybe that he could get into that position, but will he also want Damien Delaney? Because you think they've two young lads playing centre-back at the moment. Surely he'll want to have Damien Delaney centre-back for that European experience. Delaney will come in. I mean, I yeah. think the, 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 the two lads, particularly uh, Shane McLaughlin, has done, has done very well, but... Um, 
Delaney will come in. That's one of the reasons why he's come in, his experience playing in Europe, those big games and, and dealing with that. And, you know, you're up against a centre-forward who's probably the international and for a 19-year-old to try and deal with that in a Champions League stage, it's, it's, I think it's too much to ask. But Delaney will come in. That might free up somebody. I think McNamee as well. I mean, I've always admired McNamee. I think he hasn't kicked on as much at court. I thought the move away from Derry could... Sometimes a player, you go stale, you're playing for your hometown club. Well, he's from Donegal, but his local club, Dun- Derry, but uh, you go a bit stale. I thought the move to Cork could invigorate him. Uh, I've always admired McNamee. It hasn't got to the levels I think he can. So maybe he could look and say, well, hang on, this is my chance. This is my chance to, to, to get away. If I can do well in this game, going to be a lot of people looking at this game. Doesn't That's look like it's interesting, gonna be li- yeah. Doesn't look like it's going to be live on TV, but still a lot of people are going to be watching this game. It's clashing with the World Cup semi. Um, which is very unfortunate. Like so, for the likes of me, I've when I, if I think it's not on, I want to go down there. Like, but for people who even even the Polish people in Ireland who want to watch the game, and there are a lot of Polish people, not going to happen. It would seem. No, it's, I think neutrals any pub in in Ireland uh, outside of Cork County um, will have the World Cup semi final. I think if you uh, if you asked somebody to can you turn over and watch Cork in the Champions League, you might have to wait for the little telly up in the corner somewhere. You might have to to battle for your TV. But it's a pity because it, that should be a marquee night for Irish football. That, to me, you know, we talk about the, the, the Irish Derby and the Munster Hurling final and the All-Ireland final. You know, the Irish club playing the Champions League should be at that level uh, in terms of public interest. And um, sadly, it's not. Yeah. Um, we're probably on a leg year going through... Uh Agreement here, so yeah, I not, think. not waltzing through, but uh, I think uh, to get a score draw. I don't think they'll be beaten in Cork, but uh, to uh, I think score draw in Cork and to go through then. Before all of that, we're we're back, and you know we're talking about the disappointing aspects of um, the of you were saying you were most disappointed with the fact that it's a two horse race, you know, and basically like there hasn't been competition. I'm most disappointed with the fact that. The league is actually two thirds over already, and it doesn't feel that at all. It's just been so crammed that, like after the break, and Galway United's position, the Galway United have eleven games left. Yeah. Like that is nothing. So the gap to UCD is it's not looking possible to bridge it. But it feels like we're only getting going. Like so, that's my most disappointing thing. We're coming back from the break now, and it's like, oh, it's like. What is there left? Like 10 games? Well, I think fixtures as well. And this is something oh. that we, we touched on, the, the, the takeover, the new new entity that will run the league. But I think fixtures has to be looked at because you have all these midweek games, Monday night games crammed in at the start of the season and then over the summer. I know there's a lot of debate at the moment, a lot of debate in schoolboy football over schoolboy football being off that we've you know, brought in summer football. And now because people are away on holidays, you know, you're playing the DDSL and little Johnny can't play because all the, all the games are off. So there's, there's a lot of work to be done on that. Uh, there's things that can be done. The FA, I mean, I don't see why, for example, that the, the four teams are in Europe, the season can't be structured so that they, they play each other. Uh, even the issue of the break, some managers like it, some managers don't. I think there's par- some players want it because if you've got kids, it's yeah. your only chance to... Yeah. If you don't have a summer break, you can't have a summer holiday with your, with your kids. And anybody who has kids, that's... You know, you're entitled to, to bring your yeah, kids, kids on, yeah. on a sun holiday. Uh, so that has to be has to be looked at. But I, I think uh, Frank Gavin was asked about this recently. He said there is a reason why, and, you know, fixtures have to, you know, be, be arranged. There is a reason why. That, that, but I don't see why the top four can't... Uh, the teams who are in Europe can't be arranged to, to play each other at, at times. So there aren't, you know, cancellations. You look at Sli- somebody from Sligo said recently, Sligo are looking at having something like... Is it three home games in, in nine weeks or some, some cr- something crazy? I think anyway. it's actually worse than that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's mad stuff. Yeah. And so you get knocked out of the FA Cup in the first round. You're looking at a bleak... So we, we've campaigned for, for summer football and the summer is on and, and there's no football on. Mm, mm. It, yeah, and in fairness, um, I... 
I kind of, I think, in fairness to the FAI, I think their aspirations were to kind of accommodate the European clubs as best they could, and I don't think their motivation was misplaced. And I also think the clubs should probably have fought for, you know, earlier on, before the season starts, and said, no, no, this isn't going to work, because they knew it was coming down the tracks, like. But I, I'm fascinated by this. I, I, I don't want to always go back to, to betting or whatever, but I was quite surprised that um, Dundalk are... Dundalk are short in the betting here. They're like 8-11 to 11 to beat Cork. I think they've beaten them once in 9 or 10 in head-to-heads um, when they beat them in once or twice. They have a terrible record, and they beat them obviously early in the season, but they, last season, did they beat them at all? I think they were either 0 from 5 or 1 from 6, something like that. Yeah, the record isn't great. Not good, yeah. and in fairness, I, I was very disappointed in them in Turner's Cross, and um, Caulfield seems to have found a way to deal with them. Will you be at the game on Friday night? Uh, still deciding. I might be. I'll be in Dalymount or uh, Oriel. I still haven't. Ah, come on now. Bows, Bows and Pats are Dundalk and Cork. Rele- come on. Relegation battle. Yeah, you're putting on your Bows hat here, Edo. Relegation battle. I guess it is a relegation well, battle. It's a relegation yeah. battle for, for Bows. Cause, uh, Bows. What about Pats? Could Pats get... Could Pats get pulled into it? They could because zero from five going into the break. Yeah, and and again the squad needs a bit of work. I mean, Garvin is gone. Um, the squad does need a need a bit of work there. Um, but Fagan gone for the season. They need something else up front. Uh, Jake Keegan isn't going to score enough goals to uh, to get you in. So again, Liam Buckley the signings he made last year when he brought in the likes of Balk and uh, and the Scavron. You know, they made a couple of good signings in the summer last year. I think. If Pats are to do anything, are certainly are to stay away from that. I don't think Pats, I don't think have a chance to make in Europe, but to stay away from getting dragged in, they need probably three or four signings, particularly a striker. But everyone's looking for a striker. Bowes are looking for a striker. Uh, there's not that many in the league. Uh, Waterford have got Noel Hunt, uh, who could probably come in more as a coaching role than than relying him on relying him on to play 90 minutes every week. But um, he, uh, everyone's looking for a striker. Let's start with Dundalk and Cork, though, um, whether you go or not. Um, I don't know how to call this on predictions either because I think I nearly always get it wrong when these two sides meet. Um, if I tip Cork, Dundalk win or it's a draw, um, I think going into the game, you'd have to say Dundalk are playing the better football. But Cork are somehow, like Cork are top and their points record is brilliant. Um, I, suppose, uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to go for a home win. I think a score draw. I think but both of them are scoring goals at the moment. I think Cork have that bit of bit of steel about them. If they go behind, they can. They they manage games very well. This is coming out a lot at the moment, particularly from Kenny Shields complaining about how how Dundalk uh, manage <laughs> games, manage the referee. Um, Cork are, are very very good at doing that. Uh, better than than Cork, I would think at the moment, just in terms of getting getting the job done, winning winning the game. Um, we, we have an off night in the. World Cup here, do we? The, yeah, yeah, it's a rest day in the World Cup. So, so this is going to be a bumper crowd. Yeah, should have, people have no excuse for not going to see a game. On, well, you were on, on about Friday going night. to Daily Mount. I'll be at a game. <laughs> I'll, I'll be at a game somewhere. I'll be at a I might game. Go to, I might go to Tal. I might go and see Rovers and Derry. <laughs> That'd uh, be a cracker, uh, yeah. I might go and see UCD Longford. You never I know. I will be wow. at a game on Friday. But not going uh, to be in Belfield now, are you? No, no. no, no but it's it is. It's rest day in the World Cup, so people who've been... You know, bleary-eyed. They've been indoors in the sun, watching three or four games a week for the la- a day for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, their the beer is all gone, the nachos are all gone. Just go out and get some sun. And I'm actually at my ex's wedding, okay. uh, in, in but it's in Dublin, and what with the game being on TV, you know, sneak to the bar, meet meet old acquaintances while clearly watching the match. The speeches are on, you know, nobody's watching, you know, so you can you go missing for ninety minutes. Nobody notices you're missing for ninety minutes when the match is on. Absolutely. So we're we're getting a we're getting a score draw prediction from you. Um, even went all the way of, of predicting kind of that there'd be goals in the game and I'm going to go for a home win who wins the league? Uh, I think Dundalk I think again it could depend on Europe and yeah. with um, it suits Cork being straight into even if they lose to Legia Cork 
have that two-week gap where they know they're in Europe for the third round into August without having to play the game. So that's a huge advantage to uh, to uh, to Cork. But I still think Dundalk will will come good again. I think I wouldn't uh, keep an eye on transfers. What people do, I think Cork will do a little bit of tinkering. You mentioned Gary Shaw earlier on. There'll be won't be Dame Delaney coming in. Will free up. You know the option to, to change around or not rely on those those young defenders. Uh, Dundalk probably will do a little bit of work as well in the. Uh, well, the obvious one is McElhenney. Will he? If if he does, it it'll be a game of hardball because Oldham are going to look for money now. Oldham are really really strapped for cash. To be all last season, there was various reports of players not being paid and um, people associated with the club, the likes of laundrettes and cafes and physios, people like that, not being paid at Oldham. So how desperate are Oldham for the money? Do they hold out? They know McElhenney didn't have a great season. It's not as if they've got a real prize asset here. They know they can sell for the 300 fun, grand. The funny, thing, yeah, the, the funny thing is we're talking about a club that like not all that long ago was playing the top tier in England. Like When I was following football, and now the the Irish club is the money in the bank, and they're the ones like who are uh, basically paupers it's, it's, at the it's moment. It's kind of a... I mean, we think sometimes we're very hard in the league. We think, you know, as we mentioned, Bray and, and Limerick and clubs in Ireland. It's typical Ireland is boom and bust and mm. clubs in trouble that it's actually... Uh, you have English clubs... I think like t- 20 English clubs have gone into administration of some form in the last 20 years, so like South End and Leeds and people like that, and Oldham are really, really in a, in a bad way at the moment. So if... Absolutely. It, it, it may be a game of hardball. You know, Oldham know that Dundalk have this European money come in. Are they going, I don't know the figure involved. They might be Is it a risk out. for Kenny, though? Is it a risk with McGrath playing as well? Is it a risk to bring no, someone... No, no, you add, add a player like that to your squad because injuries are... You don't know how the season's going to go. How far you go in Europe? You know, if they go through a couple of rounds, you're going to need... You, you could uh, maybe have them in the same team... Uh, well, you could. You could put McGrath out in the wing or whatever. Yeah, yeah but um, if, if McElhinney came back, I think that could be the spark, the spark for, uh, for Dundalk to, uh, to go on and win it. So possibly, Dundalk, in terms of the league, Dundalk to, to shade it, if they can get somebody else in, and that could be McElhinney. Your beloved Bowes at home to St. Pat's. And if Bowes were to win this, the gap between the two is down to six points. Bowes have a game in hand. But were Limerick to beat um, Bray in a massive game, Pats are now suddenly wondering, hmm... Our form, we've lost six in a row, and I could see Bowes winning this game. Uh, they were what with their free scoring, you know, season. Not very, I think a lot depends on on Dillamot. I mean, this will probably be Dillamot's last game. His loan is up at the end of June, so uh, where does he end up, Ado? The big question. Probably England, probably Swindon. I don't think he'd be in the league anyway. I mean, it's hard to. He's he's a free agent. He has options. He's done pretty well. Uh, he will probably look to say you might think that the Corinthian I mean, might say well look you know I'll stay here but you know Bose have been good to me I'll stay here try and keep Bose up maybe do something in the cup and then go in, in January but there's an offer on the table from a club particularly I don't know the clubs in, in England or Scotland but there may be a Scottish club in who can offer him European football uh, he's Swindon have an offer in he's better than, than Swindon Town Swindon are League 2 aren't they yeah yeah, he's better than that uh, one of the options for Watts is that Swindon could sign him uh, loan him back to Waterford for the second half of the season with the links that Lee Power has between both clubs and then go over to Swindon again in January. So uh, that's an option. Prediction? Um, uh, draw. So we're going on a different prediction. I'm going to go for a, a, a boost for Bohemians, a home win, and um, in advance of Pats having their uh, big night in the Cube on Saturday night, their fundraiser, which few of us are hoping to go along to, um, depending on how the weekend goes. But a huge game at the bottom, Limerick and Bray. Um probably been in the news for sort of you know not not the best reasons or whatever um but in in fairness tonight I, i've been watching bray a bit lately and i think they've improved a lot i expect them to win this game actually i think bray will again bray depends on the squad they signed a couple of players uh, craig walsh has come in i'm not sure about dan mckenna his loan situation was he may have gone back 
similar to 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 Dylan Watson, I don't think Don McKenna is going to be there. So, uh, but I think Bray just have that bit about them. I think Limerick uh, players are going to leave that squad over the next couple of weeks. Um, Bray bit of work, bit of time that that Martin Olsen would have had to work with this with the with this with the squad, and somebody like Craig Welch coming in, uh, Bray win. Yeah, um, so th- that's uh, my lock of the week, actually, Bray to beat Limerick. I know Limerick's a hard place to go, um, but I, I think with the uncertainty and all of that, and, and they should have two or three of their players back. I don't know if Aaron Green is back yet, but McCabe was out in the last game, Kenna was out, and yeah, those two are out anyway. Not sure if Green is back yet. Imagine, that'd be like a new signing. Green is close enough. Uh, yeah. Still a few. Douglas and some of them out long long term. Uh, but they need to uh, need, a, need a bit more. But I think Martin Russell will, will probably sign a couple over the over the, over the over July. Option number three for Edo in terms of the games he goes to on Friday night is in Tala. Uh, where do you live in town, actually? Uh, Cabra. Cabra. So Cabra this town. wouldn't be ideal, really. That's uh, uh, It is, actually. Yeah, but it'd still take you forever to get there. Um, and you'd have to get on the loose with a lot of Rovers fans. In, nevertheless, uh, Rovers against Derry. How do we call this? Uh, Rovers had a bit of form there before uh, uh, before the break. Um, I think that the pressure was off Bradley, so I think that question has been probably put to put to bed now. Um, I think Rovers Rovers will take the win here. I think Derry, the squad needs a lot of work over the over the summer. Uh, I think you will see a very different Derry City side again. Europe could take a lot out of them. I think Europe is going to be a bit of a bruiser for Derry. Uh, I think it is going to be a tough a tough summer and a tough month, and this is probably the start of it. So fairly comfortable Shamrock Rovers win. It's actually a big six-pointer as well for that sort of, at the moment, fourth spot, but even third. Um, it'd be a big lift for Derry if they were to win there. Yeah, but I think Rovers need, Rovers, kind of the, the imperative there is Rovers to get in there again. They have to get out of Waterford. Obviously, Waterford have have pretty good record. Uh, signed a couple of players, signed three players over the over the summer. Waterford have been, been freshened up. Uh, Rovers need, I think Derry are just on a bit of a bit of a slide. Home win for me as well. Um and then the final game on the, of the weekend, the Sligo Rovers at home to Waterford, which will be an intriguing game in its own right. Um, is this game on Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Yeah, it is. Despite the, the, the World Cup actually returning that day. But um, now this one, I, I, I'm not really sure how to call it. A couple of interesting signings from Waterford as well. Yeah, but Sligo very hard to predict. I mean, they were on a poor run there for a while. Then they went to St. Pat's and, and, and uh, tanked them 3-0. Um, I think... Uh, Again, we'll see what 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 Sligo team we have uh, on on Friday compared to the team we'll have in a, in a month's time. Um, I think the new I don't think they're eligible yet for Waterford. The the three new signings, Baba Hutchinson and and Old Hunt, uh, they won't come in yet. Still scraping around a bit. Vigaru was a big loss in terms of when his his loan finished. He went back. I know Connor has done okay, but I think they need somebody a bit stronger in in goal. Um, but he's a very I, good keeper. He, he is, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, they did did well to get him for the time they had him. But um, I think Waterford can get the win. Get the win here. Go for a way win. Draw, intensive draw. So uh, we've we I think we've disagreed on three there. So um. You know, I, I don't know. I think the, the the steak dinner is probably just parked for the week. We're just going to have to, um, you know, just. I th- this is good for me because a bye week means that I kind of copper fasten my lead over Dan, and he's going to have to pay for the meal. He actually owes me two meals as well, if that's the case. First division at loan against Wexford. Um, are at loan going to win a game this season? I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. Uh, well, I suppose your your record ha- has to change at some stage, but uh, just the form at the moment. I mean, at loan fans are just so miserable they just keep going back to 
how long since we, we got a win, got a draw, how long... How long until this how, present how administration is going to leave? Is, is going to leave, so um, I think Wexford have pulled off a couple of results over the season. They've managed to pull, pull one result probably every six weeks out of the, out of the bag. Um, got a good, good draw against Galway there before the break, so uh, I think Wexford, uh, Wexford will emerge at triumphant from Athlone, I would think. Do you remember Stephen Kenny taking over Longford when they were, like, at that stage, they basically finished bottom nearly every year. Yeah. I think Athlone is a great job for a young manager. If they, if they got rid of the board and the board had any decency and got out of that club ASAP and let people run the club, Athlone, their underage are doing quite well. Um, obviously, it's proximity to Dublin in relative terms is attractive for players. They have a lovely stadium there. Um, and they're at rock bottom, so it can't get any worse. It, and it, something needs to lift. I was speaking to Robbie Benson after the, the game in Tallinn. He, you know, his background, he's making the case that he's the only player from, he reckons he's the only player from the Midlands playing in the Premier Division at the moment. And he just said, as somebody from Atlone, you think Atlone, we keep going about the, the past and winning leagues and playing in Europe, AC Milan. But as an Atlone person, a Westmead man, to have one, just one person from the region playing in the Premier Division is is a scandal. It probably sums up a lot of what's wrong with it alone at the moment. Uh, a lot there needs to be needs to be fixed. That's a fascinating point. And I know Longford have a couple of young lads there. A. Dervin, very well regarded. And um, Noah Kaufman as well, I think. They, in fairness, they do have... And Neil Fenn's bringing in a few young young players. And I should just mention with Longford as well, they, they I've just noticed their crowds this season are, are actually quite good compared to what... And I think Neil has done a great job there in terms of... Kind of getting more more of a community club kind of vibe good, going on. Good away support as well. I mean, you yeah. see bits and pieces, and they do, they do seem to, seems to be a good vibe there. That uh, Neil Fenn, a young manager, has gone in and playing a lot of local players, and and that to me is indicative of, you know, we can have maybe a, a nominal, a, you know, attractive home game, but if you can get a good few people in cars and bus to to take them to to go with Drod or Athlone. Uh, that's a that's a good sign. So there and is a good mood in Longford at the moment. And, and Longford's a small town. The ground is a fair bit outside of the town, and it doesn't have a bar. So in fairness, on a Saturday night, there are three things that they are actually off-putting. And 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 obviously, it's a lovely ground. But I I, I hope um, things keep going well in Longford. Cabin Tealy against Finn Harp, Strahd against Cove, um, Galway United against Shelburne. Gary O'Connor, I think, will take charge. Um, for that game against Shelburne, what a huge game that is for Galway United. Um, obviously, and Shells, but you just wonder if for their playoff aspirations, a long way to go there. And UCD against Longford, massive game. Edo's fourth, uh, and I would argue least likely option. So you might see him in Belfield. You never know. We'll see. You never know. I'll surprise you. Like Arden Foster will surprise people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there'll be the media scrum uh, outside the ground, but um, uh, hopefully it'll be a better game than Fermanagh and Donegal. Uh, that was the 20th episode of season two. I hope you're enjoying the World Cup. Um, but personally, I can't wait for... I actually can't wait for the game on Friday night. Much really looking forward to it. No, just get out to see games again. And uh, mm. as I said, you, you do feel it's great watching the World Cup. But just to If you're withdrawal symptoms from two games a day out of three, you must be getting League of Ireland withdrawals. You probably, yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. even gone to a reserve game or anything like that. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, and it's, it's a good weekend as well because in terms of Dublin, because there's so much at stake that both paths is a huge game for, for, for both of them. That, you know, Derry Rover, Rovers Derry is sort of mid-table, the European game. Uh, you've put whoever loses that that game in daily mount could be in it could be heading for for trouble uh, and uh, said no world cup on people have no excuse not to to get out and go and see a game somewhere and and the one thing about the 10 team league week in week out there are very few games that aren't really relevant and that's the one thing i do like about it like all those games are fascinating the weekend in one, one shape or form yeah the danger is when you get to september october and the, the gap is wider so you'll know that you've you've got the two teams are probably heading for relegation. You've got, you know, the, the title is, is sort of between Corkhead and Dock. Europe is a battle between two teams. You could have a month at the end where 
it's a pretty grim, you know, you, you know you're not going up or down. You just seen out the season in uh, September, October. And I put it to those Irish clubs to uh, use this kind of rather bleak assessment of their chances in Europe to motivate them like we motivated Cork to beat uh, Dundalk last year. Uh, actually, we, we have a caller on, I think, here from... It must be line one. We only have one one line, and uh, this is an unexpected delight because we have Stephen Kenny live from the training ground in Dundalk. Stephen, how are you keeping? Yeah, yeah, we're well, not too bad, Johnny. Yeah, um, you know, we're, uh, obviously, obviously, it's a great time to train at this time of year, and weather is great for the players. And you know, we're looking forward to the game this week. Actually, do they find um, do they find the heat a little bit more difficult in terms of, I suppose, just genetics and all that? With a view to Europe, does it help that they are actually training in pretty hot weather at the moment for later on in the summer? Um, you know, it, it certainly doesn't do any harm. It certainly doesn't do any harm, and uh, you know, uh, I see Gareth Southgate is in quote with the saying that there are absolutely no benefits from that. You know, I see him in quote with the saying that that there. Their um, their evidence, their medical evidence, but um, I certainly say it would do. It certainly wouldn't do any harm, and that's um, you know, talent should be warm enough. You know, you'd feel, and, and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll actually discuss Europe uh, presently as well. But I suppose just the the main reason you're on is to talk about the game on Friday night. And I I saw a quote from you there, um, just about the crowd at Oriel. We've we obviously make the point that there's no football on on Friday. People are starved for actual live football, even after a week off. And it could be a real bumper atmosphere there. I hope so. Yeah, there's a you know there's a lot a lot of interest in the town. Obviously, the focus has been on the World Cup. Everyone is um, you know it's on obviously three games a day, and it's. Uh, you know, it captures the imagination, of course, some great games. and But this is, um, you know, a brilliant game domestically, Dundalk against Cork in Oriel Park, some great nights here. And, um, you know, both teams on a, on a very good run at the moment. So, um, you know, something has to give. It's still, um, Stephen, still very much a, the two of you in it. I mean, can you see anything come from, from Waterford or anybody else to, to break that up or put a bit of bit of challenge or is it is it just the, the two horse race that we all expected? Um you know I think it would be unlikely that uh, that anyone could else could win it here. There's nothing you know it's you know I I suppose that from a pub you know for a manager to say that you know, I think the easy thing for you to say was oh, everyone's still in the hunt and so forth. But realistically, you would think that the league championship will, will go to to, to either Oriel Park or Turner's Cross. I think that's that's where we are at this stage of this season. It would take a monumental effort, uh, effort from Waterford. Although they have had a terrific season and they're very they're a formidable team. There's no doubt. Do you enjoy and, the kind um, of battle though, Stephen? When it when it is just it's two clubs and it's, you know you're not looking at the, the league as a whole. It's the last five years it's been yourselves and Cork going for honours, and it's a sort of a I suppose we like Arsenal and United back in the day. Do you enjoy that more than sort of a? Is it more of a test than a than an open open battle? No, well I think, um, you know I think uh, it hasn't just been the two of us every year. You know I think the first year, for example. St. Patrick's Athletic were holder the league holders and you know, from two thousand thirteen and they they were they, you know, they were very prominent for a lot of the following season. But you know, and there's different clubs have, have um made it made it, you know, a run over the last few seasons. But it's culminated obviously we've been champions for three years. Cork have won it last year. Um 
you know, we, we, want, we want to try and make it our four, four and five years. That's our, that's our ambition. Um, Cork have other ideas. They, you know, they're going very well. So we'll, we'll have to be at our best on Friday. And, um, you know, I can't say I prefer either. I'm just, we're just really focused on ourselves. It, th- it did seem to be quite open at the start of the year because obviously mm. we, we've had a lot of changes. Um, obviously, and uh, Waterford started very well. Shamrock Rovers, you know, were, were fancied and they, they, they had some good results early in the season. And, and um, Derry, of course, had that good run coming back from the Brandywell. But uh, going into the, the final uh, sequence of games, you would feel that, uh, you know, that, that it'll be between the Knock and Cork. And this is this is really a whopper of a game at a, at a good time. And it, I'm, I'm wondering... Does if your pretty football kind of comes up against a stubborn Cork, Cork may have like a plan A and a plan B in this. Like, say if plan A is to go long and plan B is to go longer, what's your own? Have you a plan B for this if it kind of goes into a bit of a war of attrition? <laughs> uh, well, I think I think the thing about it is, um, Cork they don't give you an inch. You know that you know when you play Cork that they they close down every area of the park. And, and uh, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't give you a minute to settle on it. And um, so we're not expecting any, we're not expecting certainly much space. That's that's the reality of it. I think we've got to work hard to create space. And uh, But uh, the players are playing very well at the moment. And, um, you know, I think uh, uh, we're in very good form and scoring goals and confidence is up. So we need to take that into the game. Obviously, Cork have been on a great run themselves. And um, we need to try and uh, try and keep the keep the run going. You must be a little bit annoyed, like over the last sort of season and a half. That I suppose in the head to head, they have had the upper hand. I suppose it's the only thing you could say about the last season and a half. Where, in fairness to Cork, like they have matched up very well against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you you know, last season and a half, that that that's very valid. Overall, in my time here in the league, our record against Cork is very good. Mm-hmm. But I think. They, they, um, this season it's obviously been one each. One we won one nil in Oriel Park, and they they won one nil in Turners Cross. So you know the games have been very very tight, and um, you know we're expecting <laughs> equally tight on Friday, and uh, you know any you know victory would be brilliant for the town here. You know really the passion support here on Friday, and hopefully. Uh, you know, we, we, it'd be great for us if we get the right result. Just on, on Europe, Stephen, uh, obviously talent somewhere you know well and obviously wasn't a, a brilliant experience in 04, but the bit of a link, the, I don't know if you've done your homework on the Miepo Kruglov, he was a, the left back for them in uh, 04, he's still around, he's come back and playing for them. Have you looked at Lvadia yet? And are they? Yeah, oh. like Kruglov is, is 120 caps for, for Estonia, which is amazing really, you know, to have, um, to have 120 caps. I think, you know, um, Lavadia Talon games between Irish clubs and and both Florida Talon and Lavadia Talon who have been the two main teams in Estonia have been narrow enough. The Irish teams have more or less had uh, the lion's share of the victories. But I think um, so. We'll expect a tough game. I think obviously they've only got six of the squad that played last season in Europe, so they've complete revamp squad. They've a new coach and um, and got quite a number of players who played in the Estonian national team plus the Ukrainian striker. So it, it'll be uh, it'll be a, a stiff test for us, you know. And I think um, we've done some homework, although we've more to do because we've been so focused on 
on the game against Cork, obviously Rory Higgins has been doing his homework at the moment on Lavadia and, and filling me in. And certainly uh, after after Friday, we get a chance to really focus a bit more on, on Lavadia. And just before you go, can we expect one or two players to maybe come in? I know you've, uh, you have you have to, I suppose, maybe tie up a deal with Chris and Adoran if he were to stay, but also you've been linked with a couple of players. Will there be a bit of movement, do you think, in the um, when the when the transfer windows open? Uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think certainly there will be a little bit of movement. Not wholesale changes, but there will be some, some movement. And um, you always, you're always looking to improve, and certainly uh, we have to we have to continue to try and do that. Best of luck, Stephen. Thanks a million for your time. Best of luck, obviously, on Friday night. Yeah, and uh, enjoy the rest of the World Cup as well. Great, thank you. Bye. And that was Stephen Kenny. Uh, Edo, thanks a million as well for coming in. Um, probably not the most exciting thing to do on a Tuesday afternoon, but nonetheless, nice to talk football. I talk football and watch football. The World Cup is still on, so it's all, it's all good at the moment. As I said Friday, the uh, the cold cold shakes when uh, there's no one to rest day. So until quarter day comes on Friday night, uh, try and try and survive that. I, ho- I hope you know the LOI weekly experience sort of helps you along on your you know quest to not have like the you know massive withdrawal symptoms. Get me through some car drives. Yeah, get me through some car drives. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. But there are limits.